this is Bobby Rimpley from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? We ate two feet before we nursed. Oh listen, Laverne, it's a shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about the most important barbecue and grilling stuff that's happening. Sometimes other stuff that has nothing to do with barbecue or grilling. If you missed the first hour, shame on you. What are you up to? You can't tune in the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling live fire show on the internet. Don't worry, I'm recording. Podcasts will start releasing a little bit later this evening for hour number one. Hour number two will be released on Thursday. And we'll get to Friday here in just a second. Still to come on this show in about 12 minutes from now, Will Ford from Launch Boom. Backing up Will Ford will be Ted Conrad from Fireboard as we have a new product announcement. So stay tuned for those. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch for a video feed. Also one over on YouTube slash RD Rempe. And of course, we are also live on Clubhouse as well, by the way. As you may or may not have noticed, uh, Tim Shear was live via Clubhouse, believe it or not, guesting through there. So we're continuing to push the envelope with technology here on this show. Uh, you can also get an ad-free podcast feed experience if you so choose through two different places, patreon.com slash Show, Or if you're an Apple Podcast user, you can subscribe to a ad-free experience right inside the app. So, you do what you want to do. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 202. And as I had mentioned during the Tim Shear interview, and I have to say, I have to give a huge shout out to John Solberg, executive producer of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 Minutes or Less, for reacting and acting to the news of Bill's passing late last week and pulling out episode 202 that he originally had slotted in and went back and found the Barbecue Central Show's interview with Bill Arnold from back in 2011. So 10 years ago, almost 12 years ago, we were chatting it up with then owner of Blues Hog Barbecue Sauce, Bill Arnold. And Bill talks about how he got into barbecue and most importantly talked about the whole genesis of the sauce and how he ended up getting it to market and how it really has become the sauce in the competition scene. I don't think we talked anything about the Barbecue Hall of Fame at that point. I think 2011 was 
when I was railing against the Barbecue Hall of Fame, if I, if I was even talking about them at all at that point. So if you are completely unfamiliar, if you missed Tim Shear's portion last segment, you're completely unfamiliar with Blues Hog, you're new to this whole industry, you don't know who Bill Arnold was, then make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast feed because it's coming Friday. You will get a whole introduction and lesson on who Bill Arnold is and who what Blues Hog barbecue sauce is and the seasonings, and you will be a better human for listening to that. And this now makes the second time in the show's history where I was told that I've had a conversation with somebody that I don't remember. There was a fleeting moment in time as I was passing along that Bill Arnold had passed on social media that I almost said, wish I would have had a chance to interview Bill Arnold or something to that effect. And John said, hey, uh, just so you're okay with it, I ripped out whatever 202 was going to be and slammed in the interview you did with Bill Arnold. And of all, like I understand... 15 years doing the show, a lot of guests every week, a lot of guests every year, a lot of new guests every year. Certain things are going to fall through the cracks. Bill Arnold isn't one that I would have thought would have slipped through my crack, nor would be a John Willingham, a non-show interview, but just a personal phone call from John Willingham. I don't recall having that, so... Always trying to be transparent. I am at least heartened to the fact that we did do an interview with Bill Arnold back in 2011. So John captured it and reworked it into a best of, and you will have that coming up on Friday. And don't forget, if you have a guest you would like to hear again or a segment you would like to hear again in a best of format, go ahead and email John your request, J-O-N, at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com and he will do his best to meet your expectation. And then there's this. Uh-oh. Gang, what I'm about to show you, I think, is 100% illegal. Like, against the law, can't buy these things. And I know how I bought this. I, I mean, I bought it. I was tooling around the Greensburg, Pennsylvania mall, believe it or not, for a small and podunk a town of Greensburg, Pennsylvania. By the way, that's where my oldest goes to college at Seton Hill University. But there's a town city around it called Greensburg. And it's nothing to write home about. No offense to Greensburg or the Greensburg lights or whatever. But they have a spectacular mall. There's a casino attached to it. Great. Plenty of stores, plenty of stores that are occupied, including what? Little place called the Village Smoke Shop. And what does the Village Smoke Shop have besides pipe accessories and pipe tobacco and a really nice selection of cigars? But on a opposite case, let me sure I have this lined up right before I go to it. In an opposite case, they have this. I'm not even kidding. This was in a case, on display, fully on display. Do you know what those are? 
Does anybody have an idea what those are as you're looking at these? I know I'm a couple seconds ahead of everybody, but put in a guess on what you see on display here right now. I'll give you a second. Yes, that's right. Brass knuckles. <laughs> and th this ain't no joke. I mean, these are like the real deal. Put them right up. You got the little grip thing in your palm. Now I'm ready to pound somebody's face. Unless I am sorely mistaken. These are 100% illegal. You cannot buy these. Like you can a pack of gum or a cigar or a pipe, which is the store that I bought these in. Technically, my wife bought them. But these are straight up brass knuckles. Now, it did say in the case, paperweight. Paperweight. So I don't know if Pennsylvania is a little loosey-goosey on how they assign sellable titles on things. You can get away with calling it a paperweight. But I looked at those and I looked at my wife and I was like, holy shit. There is something highly illegal going on in this state and I want to be a part of it. Let's hurry up and buy these before the cops come in and whatever federal agency and shuts this place down. By the way, in the Greensburg Mall, in the Village Smoke Shop, they have inventory of these things because when I went to buy these, they went in the back room and pulled a pair out of the back. They didn't go into the case and give me the only remaining set of brass knuckles. Face pounders. They have inventory. So if you've always wanted to own a set of brass knuckles, but you can't because, you know, they're illegal to sell. And according to Admiral Slam on Twitch, by the way, thank you for watching on Twitch, they're illegal to possess in California. You can just stop on by the Village Smoke Shop in Greensburg, Pennsylvania and get yourself a set of brass knuckles like those right there. How about that? How's your weekend treating you? Not only did we see two wins from the Seton Hill volleyball team. The biggest score of the weekend was something I've always wanted to have throughout my life, which is a set of brass knuckles. And now 48 years, 47? Yeah, 47 years later, I have a set of brass knuckles. So now, I have my concealed carry permit. I have my 45 ACP rip rounds, and in my right front pocket, I have a set of brass knuckles. If I miss you with every single shot, I'm jumping on you and pounding your face in with my brass knuckles. Holy moly. What a score. All right, Will Ford is in the green room listening to me talk about brass knuckles, and he's still there. I can't believe he didn't disconnect. We'll talk to him here in just a second. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Two different lines to choose from right now, right? Choice line or the prime line if you're a person looking to get into pellets. But you don't want all that fandangled gear, technology, bells and whistles. Choice line is the one for you. Daniel Boone in size. 
It's a good medium-sized cooker. Goes on the deck, goes on the patio, cooks a bunch of stuff. Accepts the pizza oven insert, which I'll talk about again here in a second. But no app connectivity. No Wi-Fi. No internal meat probes. No peek-in windows. Just a solid cooker entry level. Now, if you want to spend a couple extra hundred dollars, you want two internal meat probes, you want peeking windows on the main cooking chamber, you want a little bit more of a robust build on the frame and the chassis of the cooker, things like this. Prime line is more the way you want to lean. Two different models. Peak, the big one. Ledge, the midsize. If you're looking for something extremely portable, might I direct you into the direction of the Trek? Fits in every truck, van, and SUV. Take it to tailgates, whether you're into basketball or football or whatever you're into. Maybe you just like to camp if you like camping. Trek can go anywhere. Plug it into the 12-volt outlet in your car, and away you go. These are only sold through dealers, so go to GreenMountainGrill.com. Find a dealer near you. Go to the dealer, and then check out all of the information. Feel them. Touch them. Pick which one is best for you. And away you go. You've been educated right there on site. You have all the information, all the knowledge to be successful right off the bat. Choice line, prime line, greenmountaingrills.com. They also have accessories, sauces, and rubs to complete the Green Mountain Grill cooking experience. Make sure you tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. We're back with Will Ford from Launch Boom right after this. Stick around. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in three sizes, a host of accessories to choose from. Whether you are a beginner or a professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal, visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Noah and Amber Glanville will be on the show next week, if I can tease you with that. Gang, I know there's a bunch of you out there who have the next best thing to bring to the market, but getting it there can be hard to navigate. If you're not a huge company with deep pockets, the money can quickly become a big issue, so... That's where crowdfunding comes in. People can see your product and catchy video, are usually pretty happy to part with their money in advance to get in on the ground floor or secure a deal of some sort. But wouldn't it be great to know that when the crowdfunding campaign starts at the close of the first day, you could be fully funded? Of course it would be, but how could that even happen? Glad you asked. Joining me now is the co-founder of Launch Boom, a company that makes that first day fully funded goal happened for both. Let's race to the hotline and welcome first timer to the show, Will Ford. Hey, Will. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me on the show. You got it. Thanks for being available and uh, kind of readjusting. I know we had planned to do this a couple weeks ago, but uh, here we are doing it finally. So, Will, just a quick background on you business-wise before we get into the whole launch boom situation. Yeah, sure. So I'm a, what many would call a serial entrepreneur. 
I have started multiple companies from the ground up. I've had some huge, huge wins. I've also had some epic failures along the way. And that's really the experience that have gotten me to where I am today here at LaunchBoom. So I started LaunchBoom back in 2015, um, having launched many, many of my own consumer products over the years because I couldn't believe that crowdfunding even existed. I couldn't believe that these platforms like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, allow entrepreneurs to take their prototype and pre-sell thousands of units to people worldwide on their platform. The entrepreneur gets all the money up front before they have to manufacture and deliver that product to the end user. So it's just a much smarter, much safer way to validate demand in a much faster time. And over the years, we've created a bulletproof system here at LaunchBoom that allows us to control that initial success so that as soon as we go live on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, we have what I call as a launch boom effect where we get the entire project funded within minutes. So we'll dig into the details as we move through the segment here, Will, but from a high level, what is launch boom? Yeah, so we are today the largest crowdfunding agency in the world. We have clients in 50 countries outside the United States. We also have clients in pretty much every state around the country. And we launch hundreds of consumer products every year on Kickstarter, on Indiegogo. Once we get through that pre-sale, we then help our clients continue to scale and grow faster through our e-commerce division. We call that scale boom. We custom build on Shopify and we can drive much more profitable revenue over a longer period of time after that initial pre-sale is complete on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. So we are basically um, an all-in-one marketing agency. A lot of entrepreneurs, when they even want to launch their first crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, they realize there, there's a lot of work involved. They've got to figure out the messaging, the positioning. They've got to build a beautiful crowdfunding video. They've got to build a beautiful crowdfunding page so people who see it want to buy the product and back the project. But what we do here at LaunchBoom is we actually work on these projects three to four months before the launch. And we focus on building hyper-focused audiences ready to buy before we launch. And we do that through Facebook and Instagram advertising. I would imagine that I have some folks in the audience here this evening, pretty industrious folks, and think this is an interesting topic. So is there a best fit for LaunchBoom? Yeah, that's a great question, Greg. So I'd say the best fit are consumer hardware products, physical, tangible products. Um, ideally, we like to see an average order value of $50 or much higher if possible. Um, we also find that the audiences on Kickstarter and Indiegogo are dominated by males ages 25 to 50 years of age. So if we can find a product that's going to appeal to a male demographic between 25 and 50, that's usually a product that we get excited about because it's going to work really, really well. Do you have any data that shows why it's a male-dominated interest versus female? Yeah, tons of data. Ton yeah, tons of data. So over the years, today we've launched more successful crowdfunding campaigns literally than any other agency in the world. And we've retained copies of all those audiences, of every backer that's ever backed any of our project or projects over the years. And that gives us leverage in a couple different ways. That gives us exposure as to like what audiences convert really well on the platforms, being Kickstarter and Indiegogo. But it also allows us to get our clients 
much larger audiences through pre-launch in preparation for those launches so that when we go live, we have these massive campaigns that deliver six or seven figures in real revenue very, very fast. How come women aren't into it? Um, what we find with like female focused products, they're better channels to launch products like Amazon. Uh, that's dominated by female demographics, Etsy. Uh, e-commerce. Yeah. Etsy. And so when it comes to like crowdfunding and when I say crowdfunding, there's a lot of different types. You've got equity crowdfunding, you have reward based crowdfunding. What I'm talking to you about right now is what we call reward based crowdfunding. The two biggest platforms in the world are Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Uh, they opened their doors back in 2008, so they're still relatively early, but they've been growing huge, huge growth year in, year out, ever since they opened their doors back in 2008. Today, there's tens of millions of unique visitors going there every single month looking for the coolest, newest products. As long as you make them feel like they're going to get a discount off the eventual retail price and that they're going to be the first ones to receive that product, they're happy to give you their money today, and they're willing to wait and be patient give you the time necessary to figure out how to make and deliver the product. So it really is just a much safer, much smarter way for anyone out there with a consumer product looking to go to market to launch, drive a lot more revenue, much faster with much, much less risk. Will Ford joining me here on the show, launchboom.com, the website. If you're listening through Clubhouse, there's a link right there. So Will, if you could take me through the partnership process after everyone agrees that this is the best fit for everybody involved, what can I expect from day one? Yeah. So as you can imagine, I mean, I talk to people every day all over the world, Greg. Um, We do have clients in 50 countries outside the US today, which is exciting, but everyone has the same questions for the most part. They're all like, hey, Will, how do I pre-sell a million dollars worth of my product on Kickstarter or Indiegogo? How much is it going to cost me to do that? And at the end of the day, do I make any money? And I tell everyone the same thing, Greg. I'm like, whoever answers those questions without doing any testing or providing you with any relevant data within that category or space, they're lying to you because there's no way to know until you do that work. So what's made us super successful at LaunchBoom and the reason we're leading the industry today is we created this process called TestBoom. And TestBoom is a 60-day process where we take every new product, like Greg, it doesn't matter if you and I have launched 12 products together through my system. If you come up with that next awesome idea, we're still going to test it first because I want to make sure that crowdfunding is the best way forward. I want to make sure that I can better set your expectation so you know exactly what to expect with how much we can realistically raise. And then that allows us to understand whether or not it makes sense to move forward into a launch boom, applying more time, more resources into the actual launch using crowdfunding. So this test boom system, it's really all I care about when it comes to new launches at launch boom, because if we take it through that process and if we have really good data at the end of that test, now I can actually show my client how much we can realistically raise, how much budget we're going to need to get that end result. And now I can simply reverse engineer the numbers and show them what their profit margin will be on every unit we move through my system. And we do that work before we even have them agree to partner with us on the launch. So test boom is really all that matters when it comes to any new consumer product launch interested in crowdfunding. We look at how to nail down the messaging, the positioning. We look at what audiences do we want to target? Who do we think the ideal demand, where that's going to come from? And then as we collaborate with our client and agree on that direction, then we actually create all the marketing assets we need here in-house. 
So what that means is we'll build beautiful Facebook ads, Instagram ads, focused on those different target audiences that we want to go test. And then my web developers come in and they build landing pages and reservation funnels. So what that means is if you're on Facebook, Greg, and I'm targeting you for the next coolest barbecue tool, and you see a picture or image of my product on your Facebook feed, you're probably going to click on it, Greg, knowing you. So you click on that image. I'm going to redirect you to a landing page that's going to show you more images of the product, but there will be a real simple call to action, something like sign up, be the first to know when we launch, but receive a special discount today for joining our VIP community before we launch. So what we're doing is we're getting people to opt in and submit their emails. That's called a lead. Once we get that opt-in, that's now your database. We now have legal permission to email market back to that person and convert them later when we're ready to launch. That's how we get around spam laws. But the advantage with my system is that we're impatient. We don't want to wait. So as soon as you give me your email and submit and join my VIP community, I pull you into my reservation funnel. This is where I say, Greg, thank you for your interest in my launch, my new product. Please know that the first thousand orders are going to get a lower price, a better discount. They're going to get early delivery before everybody else. And if you're interested in getting the best deal today, pull out your credit card and give me a $1 money back guarantee deposit. And we're going to lock you into the best deal before we launch on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. So the reason we do that is that is the most qualified lead you can create to support any launch. In fact, that reservation funnel I just walked you through that will usually convert at 33% or greater. So if we only have $3,001 reservations before your next badass barbecue product launch, we already know that we have a thousand or more new customers. That's how powerful it is. So now when we turn on the Kickstarter or the Indiegogo campaign, we have what I call as a launch boom effect, where we'll set your campaign goal at a number that we control based on our pre-launch data. So every time we launch, with that first email that goes out to the reservation funnel, we already know we have the whole thing funded immediately. Now, when that happens, that's huge for two reasons. One, backers. When backers on the platform, being Kickstarter or Indiegogo, when they see that your campaign's already funded, they're more likely to convert if they're interested because now they know it's going to get made and delivered. The second bigger reason, when Kickstarter and Indiegogo see all this outside traffic coming into their platform and converting, and performing really, really well, they're gonna to start to promote your campaign. So you jump to the top of the rankings and now you get this massive organic boost to tens of millions of people worldwide mm. that's free free traffic from the platform. And we're really good at converting those audiences into more backers and conversions every day we're live. So a lot of people new to crowdfunding will say, so Will, I don't set my campaign goal to a million dollars. I'm like, exactly, you never do that. We always set our goals to 10 to 50,000 based on the pre-launch data that we know will convert. So when we go live, it's already funded. And now we get all this free traffic from the platform. And then we have a massive, massive campaign outcome by the end of that campaign. So you have a goal of 50,000, so but by the end of this, you might be showing many hundreds of thousand dollars, or maybe you get to that million dollar mark, but it was showing the goal at $50,000. Exactly correct. Yeah. And so most of our launches at LaunchBoom, you'll you'll see our campaign goal will vary somewhere between 10 and 50 grand. That's based on what we know we're going to get from our audiences on that first email. So within the first five or 10 minutes after we go live, the whole thing's already funded. What happens after 
I'm fully funded, and then we go into production. Oh, that's the best part. So once we get through the crowdfunding campaign, what will happen is you're going to get all that money back from the platform uh, minus their commission, which is usually somewhere between 5 and 8%, depending upon if you launch first on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. We can dive into that later. But basically, you'll get all the money back from that pre-sale. And now you actually have more capital to potentially have a much larger order place with your manufacturer. Because if you pre-sell a half million dollars with a product, you'll probably want to place a million dollar order with your manufacturer. And now you've got all the money you need to put 50% down up front. So now with larger orders and economies of scale, the manufacturers always give the entrepreneur better price breaks per unit. So that's another way to actually get a much fatter profit margin per unit because now you're having a bigger pre-sale, you've got more capital, and now all of our clients have the confidence and comfort level to place those bigger orders. So you talked about getting into production and then after that fact, you also have the ability to take, uh, was it called shop boom or inventory boom, uh, scale boom. Um, So... You, I mean, you're you're kind of like a turnkey operation for 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 a fit. It's start to finish, all the way up to ongoing sales with you. Exactly right. So here at Launchboom, everyone who wants to work with our team for the first time, they'll take their product. We'll take it through test boom, and that's the only agreement they have to commit to because we know that once they go through that two month process, they're going to get so much value from that. They're going to know who their customers are. They're going to know how to actually price their product to maximize the average order value per backer, per consumer. And by that point, if we have positive data and we can show them that, hey, we can go raise a half million, a million or more, then they almost always partner with us on the crowdfunding campaign because they know and trust us by that point. Then when we take them through crowdfunding and we deliver these massive monster campaign outcomes, that's when we have even more trust and rapport in place, right? We've been working together at that point for about six to nine months. So at that point, it's many of our clients will go from crowdfunding into our e-commerce program where we'll custom build the e-com on Shopify. And then now we don't just have to lean on Facebook or Instagram. Now we can actually hit multi-channel. So we can go YouTube, Google, and we can actually manage bigger budgets to actually scale their business faster with more profit. Because what happens is the longer we work on the digital marketing, we actually get better and better at maximizing returns. So by the time we get through that crowdfunding process, all that intel and information, we hand that off to our e-commerce team and division, and they can usually get even better returns over a longer period of time. We also have an aggressive marketing plan where we'll create all new content specific to seasons, holidays, monthly promotions we have on a 12-month schedule. So that content also performs even better once we go from crowdfunding over to e-commerce. So I call it scale boom just because it's more aligned with my branding. We get test, launch, scale. So everyone who wants to launch a new product, test boom is your best friend. We're going to allow you to basically fail fast and fail cheap, right? That's the idea here. It's, hey, let's take it through our system. Let's prove that we can actually go raise hundreds of thousands, if not millions, through crowdfunding. And if we can't, great. There's other ways you can launch. You don't have to launch through crowdfunding. So all we're doing is we're significantly reducing that financial risk for every entrepreneur out there looking to launch a new product. And again, Greg, the reason I created LaunchBoom is because before crowdfunding, I was the guy 
who had to figure out manufacturing. I was the guy who had to figure out tooling. I was the guy who had to put huge budgets into the largest inventory placement I could financially, you know, financially stomach. And then I better hope my marketing plan and strategy works out. Otherwise, I'm stuck with a bunch of inventory I can't move. And I've been there before, Greg, and it's no fun at all, man. <laughs> Will Ford joining me Will here Ford. on the show from LaunchBoom, launchboom.com, his website. Um, Will, if we could just for a second talk about how LaunchBoom is compensated, and then if you could tell us who the biggest current success story of LaunchBoom is. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I would tell, I would say right now, um, just like the way our business model works here at LaunchBoom, just to kind of cut to the chase here, Greg, so everyone can understand. So when people come through the test boom system, um, we have uh, the total cost of that program is 15000 That includes the advertising budget we need for micro testing and scale. Um, so $2,500 goes into the ad budget we need. We usually put that on our client credit card when we're ready to start ads. $12,500 will actually cover all the rest of the hard cost. So what that includes is us taking them through our messaging, our positioning strategy. We do um, all the research. We look at all the possible competitors. And that's also how we figure out pricing, how to test different price models. Um, we also, within that $12,500 hard cost, Greg, we also include all new renders. So we have all a whole staff of graphic artists on our team. And what we'll do is we'll create high resolution um, renders of the product so that consumers can easily understand what it is with looking at that one image, whether we run an ad on Instagram or Facebook. So it basically includes us doing the messaging, the positioning, um, creating the renders, creating the assets for Facebook, for Instagram. But it also includes my web development team coming in and building lead funnels and reservation funnels so we can do some split A-B testing. We can try to figure out how to maximize conversions based on the best possible layout of, um, of a just a landing page. And then from there, we take that into the reservation funnel where we can test different lead offers. That's how we figure out how to maximize the average order value per unit. And then once we have all the assets in place and our clients give us the thumbs up, then we turn on ads. Once we start running ads, we micro test. It's exactly what it sounds like. We'll spend like $30 a day per ad. If it scale, if it does well, we'll slowly increase the ad spend. If the ads don't do well, don't freak out. It's why we call it test boom. We kill that ad, we deploy more behind it. Once we start to find the best audiences, the best demand on Facebook and Instagram, now we'll create more content to dive deeper into those best performing audiences with bigger budgets until we exhaust that 2,500 ad spend. At which point, We'll have more than enough data now to show our clients exactly how much we can raise on the crowdfunding platforms, whether it's Kickstarter or Indiegogo. We can also show them what the re expected return from the ad spend will be going from a test into a launch boom. So the beauty of the test boom is once we get through that process, if the data is positive, and let's just say someone out there, um, they just don't have the bigger budgets we need to go big through launch boom. We have programs here at launch boom where we can actually put up all the funding. And the reason we're willing to put our money where our mouths are is because we trust our system. We know if the test checks out, we know the crowdfunding campaign is going to be huge, right? So if our client is underfunded, if you know they bootstrap just to get that 15 grand together to get the test done, we can come in and support them financially and be their marketing partner the whole way through. <laughs> <clears throat> now, to answer your second question, Greg, um, we've had 
so many successful campaigns over the years. Um, we, we've launched more million dollar campaigns than any other agency out there. Um, but I'll tell you a fun story because this one's kind of, kind of dear, near and dear to my heart. Um, so, you know, early on in LaunchBoom, when I was first starting the business, um, I met this, you know, young group of guys out in China and they had this really cool portable AC unit called Zero Breeze. It was really cool. It had a radio. You could bring it outdoors and you'd think who would want an AC unit outdoors? There's a ton of demand out there that we know of today. But back then I was like, wow, this thing, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to work. So we ran some tests. The data was super positive. So these young kids out in China were like, well, all we have is a credit card and all we have is $15,000 limit on our credit card. Is that going to be enough to launch this? And we started running the ads and scaling the ads and the returns were insane. We took that $15,000 ad budget and we turned it into over $1.3 million in pre-sales. So as you can imagine, um, those guys went on to build a massively successful company. Um, they've launched multiple AC units within the space and um, they've done extraordinarily well. So that one's near and dear because where can you take a 15,000 ad budget and turn that into $1.3 million in sales, right? That's just a huge, massive return on ad spend. Will Ford joining Will Ford. me here on the show from Launch Boom and giving us a huge insight into his business and how crowdfunding might be something that you might want to look into. Uh, Will, easiest place for people to go to check you out is launchboom.com or is there a better way to get in touch to start an inquiry? Yeah, launchboom.com is the best place, Greg. On launchboom.com, we have all sorts of free educational uh, support. So literally, if you go to launchboom.com and you go to education or learning, you're going to be able to find all sorts of free blogs, free articles. Um, we've written a book called Crowdfunded, which literally explains our process from A to Z. Um, and then once you read that book, you realize why you may want a marketing partner because there is a lot of work involved. But we do also have programs, Greg. What I walk you through is my agency model. We also have a new consulting program for people that have lower, smaller budgets, where it's a hybrid of our um, inside team supporting on the advertising once the ads are ready to get started and, and we're ready to turn on ads. And then there's video tutorials step-by-step -step, along with daily coaching hours with my internal team that lead those hour uh, coaching calls. So if people out there are sitting on a product idea, uh, they want to launch it, they want to look into crowdfunding, but 15000 just seems way too rich, um, go check out our consulting program because it's a fraction of the cost. It's literally the same roadmap. And there's also a lot of handholding involved where you can talk to members on my team, depending upon what stage you're in, um, literally every day if you need to. <laughs> well, let me try uh, well, to show my watch nerdity to you. Do you happen to have a Panerai on your wrist? I do. <laughs> Luminor? Luminor. Yes. See, look at me. I'm, a, I'm such a watch nerd. Good for you. I got to get one of those. But uh, maybe with my successful launch boom campaign, uh, I'll, uh, I'll grab one with that first round of profits. <laughs> hey, hey, Greg, I've literally, I, I, I have a lot of different Panerais. I love Panerais, but this one was my first one. Yeah. I, I literally, I've had this for like maybe the last 13 years of my life. No way. It's my favorite watch. This thing's indestructible, Greg. I've bumped this more times than I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to say. And it's still like brand new. Is that it's the amazing. 1312? 
It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the one I'm looking at. All right. Good. Well, we have uh, we have a lot in common, especially watch commonality, which I appreciate. Uh, Launchboom.com is the website. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, Greg. One thing though, I don't have brass knuckles. I mean, if you want to make a uh, a trade like for like, I'll send you these brass knuckles tomorrow. You can send me that thirteen twelve. We can call it even. Deal. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, Probably man. Not. I, I'd rather just fly out to Ohio and, and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and go to that little workshop. Yeah. Much cheaper, no doubt about it. Uh, Will, appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much. All right, Greg. Thank you. You got it. There he is, Will Ford. I thought I had him on those brass knuckles for the Panerai trade, but uh, Will is definitely a businessman, no doubt about it. And we appreciate it. So if you're interested, if you have the next greatest idea, if you have... 15 grand to start on the agency side of things, which, considering the payoff here, pretty cheap. Go over to launchboom.com and contact Will and his gang. Have them start you through the test boom to get you to launch boom to get you to scale boom. And then, if that's too much, you can do the a la carte portion he was talking about the uh, consultancy interesting stuff there all right uh, ted conrad is in the green room there via clubhouse ted stand by we'll get right to you here in just a second i'll talk to you quickly about big papa smokers the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings. Popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. Also, owner of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce, it will please everybody. Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor reminds us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And they're selling cookers. Don't we know this? Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right. Take a look at that old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call them. 877-828-0727 or shop their website, bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers. We're back with Ted Conrad right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion being brought to you by Smithfield.com through the grilling season for recipes as well as tips and tricks from world champ pitmasters like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, Giles Cridland. Mouthwatering flavor, no artificial ingredients. Smithfield Fresh Pork, quite simply, some of the finest pork money can buy. A trusted choice of world champion pitmasters for use in competitions and at home. Also, if you're a committed cook, go to Smokin' with Smithfield.com to report your first place finishes in pork shoulder and ribs coming out of the bullpen tonight longtime sponsor of the show and the creator of the incredibly popular fireboard 2 fireboard 2 drive and fireboard 2 pro remote thermometers tonight we'll be discussing 
something new that is just hitting the market today. Maybe a little Thanksgiving, too. And we race to the hotline and welcome back friend of show, Ted Conrad. Hey, Ted. Hey, Greg. How are you? I am absolutely fabulous, Ted. Appreciate making time for the show, as always. Last time, well, actually, let me ask you this. Did you hear any of the previous interview with a guy from Launch Boom? If so, how does that strike you? I did, and I didn't hear the whole thing, but I heard uh, the last part of it. It's a pretty fascinating deal. I know there's there's quite a few agencies that work kind of in that crowdfunding space. Um, did he mention what his what his fee was or what his cut was in the revenue? Yeah, so it sounded like to start, it was going to be fifteen grand to do the test boom side of things where they go through a whole bunch of testing to make sure the product's going to be viable or not. If it is, uh, then that's when they would uh, start to put together a whole video and the landing pages and the uh, the reserve funnels or reservation funnels that he was talking about. And then uh, after it gets funded and you really figure out what money you're going to be getting back to actually go to production. They have a commerce side, which would be Shopify and a bunch of other stuff. And I'm sure they get some kind of a percentage of sale uh, per unit at that point. So I'm not sure exactly yeah. what that amount would be, but I guess that would be dependent on how many units you're selling anyway. As uh, somebody that's in manufacturing and, and doing new products quite regularly, have you ever thought about going a crowdfunded route just so you don't have to either go to the bank or pull money out of the reserves? Yeah, we've, we've thought about it. And we actually did in 2016. It was funny because Stephen, my co-founder, we, we started in 2015. So we worked for almost a year and a half on the original Fireboard. Um, and, you know, we did the mobile app. He was working on mobile apps, you know, their server stuff, the actual firmware and the device. So it took us a while. And then we basically were ready to go. And we were kind of looking at each other like, okay, what do we what do we do now? <laughs> like, how do we get this out to the market? Mm. So, and we ended up doing a Kickstarter and we, we did not use an agency and I can't remember the name of some of these guys will take a massive, some of these guys will actually fund the ad spend for you, but they take a massive cut like 25 or 30%. Mm. And that can be tricky depending on your cost structure of the device, right? Cause if you're selling it at a discount for the Kickstarter anyway, and then furthermore, if you're not doing large volumes, I mean, your costs are probably pretty high. So you, you could end up almost upside down. You know, I mean, you're, you may, you might sell a bunch, but each one you're, you're basically selling them at a loss. So <laughs> yeah, we, but we did that. We did a, we did a modest campaign ourselves, which was cool because we were able to get the marketing stuff out there and kind of put some videos together and a lot of collateral. And that worked pretty well. It was a good kind of springboard just to get us out there um, and they have a good they have a good following right i mean there's obviously a lot of people that find find your stuff on kickstarter organically mm -hmm. so yeah that it worked well but at this point we're you know like today we launched you know fireboard spark and we decided you know hey look we'll, we'll push this out through our channels and we have such a loyal uh customer base which we're you know incredibly blessed Sorry. blessed by and that was just Oh my gosh! It's so nice to be able to send an email blast, you know, to all of your, all of your current customers, and everybody starts reading it. I mean, the the email pickup rate or the open rate is is I mean, it's almost fifty percent. I mean, it's wow. really incredible. So 
yeah, that that's worked out pretty well. So last time you were on, Ted, we were talking about what was then the new Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and obviously the Fireboard Pro. We were also discussing supply chain issues and how that was impacting your company as, as well as many other companies across the United States and across the globe. So as we close out this year, how do you feel about ending up and weathering this situation? And what are you expecting Q1, Q2 next year in that regard? Well, I, I wish I knew exactly how, how next year is going to play out. I mean, we, you know, I'll mention, you know, as I mentioned, you know, earlier, we, this Fireboard Spark, which is, which is the instant read, basically cloud connected instant read. This was, this was sort of a supply chain feat, right? I mean, our, our purchasing manager, Hannah at Fireboard, I mean, she has done an incredible job because some of these components uh, some of these components you just cannot find. And it's it's to the point where some of these components have like a two-year lead time. Wow. And I'm talking about some of the microchips, right? Some of these integrated circuits that are on the board. And so you have to literally buy as much as you can find and put it on your shelf. So there's a huge impact in terms of inventory and cash flow. But for some of these parts, if you if you don't put them on the shelf, it's hard to really plan any production going forward. It's, it's, and your question about when it, when does it get better? I don't know enough in terms of the, the nuances of the wafers that are used, the integrated circuits, which go into all these fab houses to create these. I mean, I just don't know when that's going to get better, but yeah, I, I guess my feeling is it has to get better at some point, as long as the market market forces are sort of allowed to work themselves out right <laughs> so ted Conrad we'll joining me from fireboard uh, fireboard.com the website so we've mentioned it a couple different times but let's do it here officially a barbecue central show exclusive news update greg ramper reporting for the breaking news desk here in cleveland ohio the city that breaks the most live fire breaking news as it breaks across the nation nay the globe and we go to kansas city where Ted Conrad is getting ready to introduce a new product. What are we calling it, Ted? Okay, it's called Fireboard Spark. All right, and we're watching a video of it right now on the video side here. So when I see it, well, let me refrain from giving you my thought. Tell me about fire, the Fireboard Spark, what it is, and what it's going to do. All right, well, I can only guess at what you're inferring there, but... Um, you know, the, the Fireboard Spark is what we we call a smart instant read thermometer, but it's it's an instant read, but it's also a fireboard. So it's really a versatile device. You've got, you know, the obvious, the swivel out probe, like you've seen, that's almost ubiquitous with a lot of instant reads, which is obviously that there's some function there, right? That's a really uh, fast type K thermocouple probe that we've put on there. So it reads incredibly fast. Um, it's NAST certified. So I mean, this this comes with the calibration certificate. So we're aiming for the basically the prosumer market, right? These are people that are they want premium devices. They expect these devices to work well, to be accurate, um, and then also it has a single channel probe port. So this actually just like the the flagship fireboard this works just like those right you plug in your your probe it can be an ambient probe 
food probe, whatever, uh, track your temperatures, a nice little graph. So the same fireboard experience is with the Spark, but in addition, you get the the nice uh, instant read. And there's some there's some cool technology in terms of how we handle some of the instant read stuff. Um, there's also quite a few other features I can get into. Some of them are aimed a little bit towards the restaurant market, which is kind of a fun a fun angle for us to kind of go after as well. So a couple different things to unpack here, and we'll let you explain a little bit more or get into the weeds a little bit more on this because we're all about that. So from an instant read thermometer standpoint, how does this compare to what many would consider to be the industry standard in that regard being a thermopen? Something that is going to give you just as quick of a reading, something that is going to be just as accurate within that you know, plus or minus one degree. How does that stack up? Yeah. It, you know, the thermopen is, is an incredible device, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think we can say probably enough good things about the thermopen. I mean, sure. they've, they've built such a great product. So, you know, and, I, and really it, it speaks to what the market wants, right? I mean, the market expects and the market wants a device that can be trusted. I mean, there's a reason why if you go around the restaurant world, why everybody has their thermopen, they trust the device, right? And that, that, that's probably something that will come over time um, with hopefully with our product. And I guess, I guess the, our general thought is it, it's such a growing space, right? I mean, it, the thermopen is an excellent product. And what we hope is the spark is an excellent product as well. And, and both products can share in, in some of that. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it it will be NSF certified. It's actually any day now we'll get the official email that's be NSF certified. So that that's part of the deal. Uh, like I mentioned, it has the official calibration stuff. So in terms of the speed, it's it's incredibly fast. I mean, we're we sort of have we're down to the last few little little polishing touches in terms of some of the stuff on the device and that it's it's pre-orders start today it starts shipping at the end of november so there's a couple things and i think we will publish official stats in terms of the, the actual speed and how that compares with some of the other uh thermometers on the market but it, it but it is fast and very accurate when it's being used as a single channel fireboard can it also be turned quickly around to be used as an instant read thermometer while it's also being a single channel fireboard? Am I asking that question right? Yes. Yep. It can. And yep. And that's, that's kind of a neat feature, you know, and I, and I think that's, that's probably how some people might use it. I think in, in many cases it's probably one or the other. Um, and then the other cool thing is, um, gosh, if you have a fireboard, the the spark is a nice complement to it, right? Because you already have two or three or you know four or five channels that you're graphing with your fireboard, and then you add the spark to it, and now you have really nice little instant read dots that'll show up on your chart, right? So it basically complements the kind of the fireboard experience and the nice beautiful graph and charting that we already have. So I think it goes well with the fireboard. Um, but it's a, it's a nice standalone device, and I think we're kind of aiming a little bit more towards a broader market, right? I mean, I think anybody in the kitchen that's that's doing cooking, um, the instant read is such a such an incredible tool to have on hand, right? So this is something we hope people will pull out of the drawer and and use it just like their other tools. 
Ted, one of the things that I was reading was, and that really blew my mind, was a 12-month battery time under normal usage conditions. Now, I don't necessarily knows, uh, know or what constitutes normal usage conditions, but 12 months under normal, whatever that is, seems exceptionally long in a good way. How do you get that performance? Yeah. Well, it, it the device itself has... I don't know if you guys have seen like there's those round cylindrical cells, kind of like the and some of those big uh, flashlights. But it's a it's a lithium ion cell. It's a 2600 milliamp, so it's a it's a relatively large battery. And then we're being really smart about the the power states, right? So as soon as you you know, if you open the probe, obviously it turns on, it connects. But as soon as you close it, obviously it goes into a sleep mode. Um, for the leave-in probe, which is which is a little bit different than the Fireboard 2, the Fireboard 2 will send out temperature data every five seconds nonstop. So this, the spark will go into a mode where it basically is going to go into power saving, and it will basically smartly send out temperature updates at a little bit less frequent interval, but that will dramatically improve the battery life. Mm-hmm. So effectively you're able to sleep most of the time and then it just connects briefly and sends a quick update. So, and we've, we've made sort of assumptions for normal uses. We basically said, Hey, look, if you, if you use the instant read, you know, once or twice a day, and if you were to use a, the ex- external pro port for maybe once a week, like a, an average cook, that's sort of how we modeled it up. So I think it will be pretty impressive. I mean, the goal is I, like I said, you pull out a drawer, you expect these devices to turn on at work. We don't. Pe- we want people having to recharge this all the time. In the promo video, I see a lady putting this thing underneath running water of a sink. So, are we calling this waterproof or water resistant? <clears throat> we are calling this waterproof. <laughs> so this is uh, exciting. Our you know we we spent a lot of time trying to make that happen, um, and the design is really, really good. Um, and I think one, one thing that we did, there's only two, two, basically there's, well, there's three, I guess there's a swivel, um, part of it, the hinge, but that's sealed. It has a really nice seal on it. And then there's on the end of it, there's a USB C jack. And then there's the, the probe port. So those two holes, if you will, those are, those are coated and encapsulated internally. So even if water gets into those, it's not going to go through the rest of the device. So we've we've taken kind of we've we've gone through quite a bit of steps to make sure that's going to work pretty well. From the in the weeds portion of this, what else should we be knowing about it? Especially for those of us that are really steeped into this industry and and into the the live fire stuff. What do we need to know that sets itself apart? Yeah, the cool one cool feature, Greg. We call this sync mode. And sync mode is uh, basically turns the spark into a display. And you know, one thing that I would think a lot of us are spending a lot of time during the day, like we're on our computers, right? We're sitting there at our desk. And you know, the, the Fireboard is great because you pull out your phone, you've got the Fireboard app. But you know, sometimes you're on the phone. You know, sometimes you're sending a message. Sometimes you don't want to pull out your phone. So the sync mode will monitor your other fireboard channels. So if you have a regular fireboard running, 
and you say it's running at your house, you're cooking something, but you're at the office and you can turn sync mode on and you can monitor all those channels. And it just sits there right there on your desk. I mean, like it's a beautiful, you know, the way this thing sits on your desk and it's like the perfect angle. The display is really cool. So I think, and to be honest, I've been running sync mode on my Spark and I, I run sync mode more than I actually use it as a as a thermometer. So. And you're just carrying this thing around with you wherever you go. As long as you have a, a, a local area network connection or a Wi-Fi connection, you can see what's going on at your home if you're in your office. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you get to the office, you just, you know, you, you, you turn it on and it starts, it, it pulls the temperature data down and it just sits there and it's just a cool little, cool little thing. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll tweak that and we'll refine that. And, um, you know, we've thought about maybe like a nice little clock would be kind of fun, but there's, there's all sorts of stuff and all that's all that, all these features are OTA and, um, people will get, you know, the nice thing with Fireboard is we continue to innovate on the software side. So all that you, you buy the fireboard once, but you get the benefit of all the software stuff that comes after that. What are we looking at price point wise? 149. So it's the, it's the world's most expensive instant read, <laughs> but, uh, but it's really, and, and I say it's, it's actually a, it, since it's the combination fireboard, you think about our entry level fireboards, 189. Yep. So here you've got a device that's, you know, 40 bucks cheaper. And it has almost all the same features of the Fireboard. Obviously, there's a single channel, but then you get a really cool instant read. Um, you know, I'll mention as well for the restaurant world, uh, this has an MFC scanner. So for the guys that are going through and doing temp checks, you can just scan an NFC tag, which effectively is a label, and then you can do your temp check, and it pushes to the cloud. The temperature reading, you know, of course, is time-stamped, and it has that label. So we think from the restaurant side, that's going to be pretty cool. And there's some stuff on the consumer side that makes sense for that as well. Uh, but it really, I think, would shine in the restaurant world. So that's been kind of a cool little little feature we've, we've thrown in there as well. And so it's been announced today. It's pre-orders right now. So you can go to fireboard.com and get your pre-orders in. And again, shipping at the end of the month, you said? Yeah, we're aiming for basically on or right after November 29th, I guess it's Cyber Monday. And, you know, and part of that is like, you know, we, we've just been down to the wire with the supply chain stuff, but yep. we get, I think there's only one more, <clears throat> one more component that's being air freighted in like this week and, you know, we'll be off, we'll be off to the races. So, so yeah, that's the plan and uh, super excited about it. But these are, these are fun days, Greg. So I'm happy to share it here with you and glad we can make the schedule work. That's uh, it's kind of fun to be on your, on your show on the actual launch day. Oh, always love to be announcing. Always love to be, I think that's bad English. Always love to have you on and uh, you know, anybody that's ready to talk about new product launches, especially in this current time when we can announce good things and things that are tracking on time and things that are bringing value to the market. You know, like you said, if you're looking at it just in a vacuum, is it a really expensive instant read meat thermometer? Yes, but it's not just an instant read meat thermometer. So I could make an argument that for 60 or $70 more than whatever the leading competitor is, you're getting a whole bunch more uh, value add into this component uh, or into this uh, thermometer as well. And uh, I can't wait to get my hands on one and uh, certainly play around with it. Let me ask you something outside of the Spark and 
maybe you figure I might go here because it's a recurring question that I have because it's something that I'm interested in and maybe nobody else is. Are you still of the mindset that wireless probes aren't the way to go for Fireboard still as we close out 2021? Yeah, that's a good question, Greg. I mean, we we do get that question. Um, and I think people like, there's a lot of people that want those wireless probes, right? And <clears throat> I mean, personally, I guess I don't see the, I guess the fascination with it, but you know, th- at the end of the day, people, people are asking for that. Um, and, and there's, there's different ways to look at, you know, there's obviously quite a few products that, that are out there already. Right. I mean, meters, I guess meters, number one, they've been out for a while. Um, <clears throat> they were doing their Kickstarter at the same time. I think that we were doing ours and from what I can see, I mean, it looks like they've, they've kept cranking away and they've kind of refined things. Um, so, I mean, the, the short story is, yeah, we're, we're always looking to, at the end of the day, we're a technology company. We're trying to make really, really good, innovative products, right? And if there's something that we think that we can do better, I, I don't think we have any interest in just copying what somebody else is doing, right? I don't, I don't think there's any reason to do that. I don't think that really adds much value. But if we can do something that's different and something that's better... Um, and I mean, it's a product that we feel like people would really need and it would improve, make something easier for them or more convenient, you know, and then I think there's a good reason for us to go do that. So there's certainly more stuff. I mean, we have this product pipeline that's kind of continuing, right? So there's stuff that's, that's already being prototyped. You know, we're hoping for early next year or mid next year. Um, and there's more stuff after that where we've thought about it. We're kind of doing concepts and stuff like that too. So, yeah, I mean, we'll keep on, we'll keep on thinking of ideas for the time being. I mean, what I do, you know, I plug in the probe and put in the meat and I walk away and I don't think about it anymore. Right. It doesn't matter if the probe's wireless. I mean, the whole device is wireless. So that's sort of the way that I view it. But, um, but like I said, there's always, always an angle for, for something. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep noodling. I I remember asking you about it. Maybe it's even been over a year ago and you were like, it just doesn't make sense for, for any number of reasons that you had listed then. A lot of them are reoccurring here right now. There were a lot of other me too units that followed on the heels of meter. I'm sure you were aware that Traeger bought meter a handful of months ago before they went public, probably more for the intellectual property and the patents than the unit itself, which I think uh, by and large has been considered a a failure. I don't know if a lot of people would come out and say that, but it was certainly a great success in the crowdfunding campaign, but outside of concept, getting money, production was horrible to say the least. I think it's ability to be really useful aside from using it on rotisserie, which is where it's obviously really going to shine versus its wired counterpart. You shut a grill lid, and it's really hard to get any type of distance. I've heard the bridge has been shoddy at best. There's not a lot of people loving uh, any of these you know, meter or like units. So uh, I guess it just goes to show that unless you guys are going to get on board with it or bringing something to the market that's just going to be better, the wired stuff that you're holding firm to is really justified to this point. And I just ask because it's fun. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a, you know, I feel like if we're going to do something like that, we would, again, we would have to, to figure out what angle would we take better? You know, I mean, like, like you mentioned, there's obviously complexities with effectively a Faraday cage, right? Where, I mean, you have a metal, a metal box and you've got a wireless signal trying to escape it. So, I mean, we would have to figure out, you know, what angle, you know, that there would really, if we brought something to market, people would say, wow, this is, this is not only, you know, something we wanted, but this is much better than what's out there. So, you know, our, our little ideas are, are continuing to, to percolate here in Kansas city and we'll keep plugging away with it. Um, for now, I guess we'll, we'll just plug our probes in. Here's what we know for sure. Wired probes work great. They're much cheaper to replace than wired ones because of all the technology you got to ram down that thermometer hole anyway. So that's number one. Number two, stop dilly dallying, go to fireboard.com and get on the pre-order for this fireboard spark because it's going to sell out really quick. And then you're going to be really ashamed that you didn't get on it as we were telling you to. And it's an instant read me thermometer and it's a single channel fireboard as well. And you have the sync mode and you can put it underwater and there's a lot of great things and value adds on this unit that you're going to want to get involved with. So uh, again, go to fireboard.com and get your pre-order in for 149 bucks. You can't beat it. Anything else, Ted, before I let you go here this evening? No, I just, you know, honestly, just thank our, uh, our customer base. You know, I mean, it's like I mentioned, it's fun to be able to do an email blast and have so many positive responses, you know, and we, I just feel thankful that we've been able to make a business out of this. So, I mean, thank you to you, Greg, and thanks everybody listening. So yeah, it's, it's been fun and look forward to, uh, for the next few months. It'll be, it'll be fun next year too. Ted, have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Greg. You too. All right. There he is, Ted Conrad right there from Fireboard. Also taking part on Clubhouse, which we appreciate. Sounds great. So this has proven to be a successful test here. Uh, 50% of guests tonight showing up through Clubhouse, which we certainly appreciate. All right. uh, Let me talk to you quickly about Vortic Watch. Vortic Watch Company is a small batch custom watch manufacturing and vintage restoration company. Located in northern Colorado, they take antique American pocket watches and tournament wristwatches. Their mission, preserve and enhance the legacy of manufacturing excellence in America. In order to do that, they combine traditional and cutting-edge technology to create unique quality functional timepieces with exceptional value. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortic makes is a unique, one-of-a-kind piece. Vortic founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, it was built. Check out VorticWatches.com for more information. By the way, in two days on the 11th, they're going to be launching their military edition on Veterans Day. So make sure if you're interested in finding out about their military edition, the Veterans Edition, Go to VorticWatches.com, check out the military page, see those watches are going to be coming. They're awesome. A little bit bigger price tag. I think they're $6,500, $7,000 or whatever it is. But to know where these watches came from, what they were sitting in, and how you have a part of American history is unbelievable. So check them out. We are back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. We thank Ted Conrad from Fireboard once again for joining the show. Don't forget, the Fireboard Spark. Let's go. Fireboard.com. Check out the promo for the Spark. Get on board. Pre-order now, 150 bucks. A little less, 149 bucks. Fireboard.com, the website. All right, let's go ahead and break loose all the way back in the first hour. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joined us. We talked about salt, and we talked about the launch of his, finally launch of his rubs and sauce. After Meathead, we talked with Tim Shear from Shake and Bake Barbecue, owner of Great Gateway Drum Smokers and Blues Hog. We talked about the recent passing of Bill Arnold, the original creator of Blues Hog Barbecue Sauce and Rubs. Get some thoughts from Tim on his relationship and how it has grown over the years. First time meeting Bill, how the sauce came to market, and how uh, Tim will now be carrying forward the Blues Hog name and the legacy that goes along with it. Uh, Tim working through a bunch of emotions here through the show, which I appreciate. I know it was tough, and he did a bang-up job, so I certainly appreciate them, and I wish him continued success. We'll have him on again soon. Second hour, Will Ford from Launch Boom. We talked about test boom, launch boom, scale boom. Are you ready to bring something to market through crowdfunding? Do you have 15K to start? Small beans. But if you don't, there's a whole other process that you can take advantage of over launchboom.com. So we thank Will for showing up this evening and then closing it out with Ted Conrad from fireboard.com as we announce the spark. Fireboard.com. Go pre-order the Spark right now. It's an instant read meat thermometer. It's a single-channel Fireboard remote thermometer as well. Great stuff. Big show. Love it. It's getting ready to hit podcast. We'll be ready for that. First hour coming up shortly. Second hour on Thursday. And the best of with Bill Arnold from 2011 on Friday. Big show planned for you next week, of course. Stephen Reichlin will be in. Quarterly guest Susie Bullock will be in, amongst others. Noah Glanville and Amber Glanville, Pit Barrel Cooker, and the list goes on. So how do I always leave? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Austin Parsons, pitmaster with Smoky Mountain Q in Nashville, Tennessee, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show.